Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Eric Glissmeyer. With me in the studio are our special guests from the Intermezzo Chamber Music Series of Salt Lake City. They're James Hall, oboe, Lynette Stewart, violin, Scott Lewis, viola, John Eckstein, cello, and Heather Connor, piano. We'll chat with our guests later this hour, but first, some music. Here's the first movement from Mozart's Oboe Quartet. Thank you. 
That was the first movement from Mozart's Oboe Quartet, played by James Hall Oboe, Lynette Stewart Violin, Scott Lewis Viola, and John Eckstein Cello. You're listening to Highway 89, and I'm going to chat with oboist James Hall for just a moment. James, I understand that the Oboe Quartet isn't all that common. Why is that? Well, um, there are actually a few of them written by composers such as Baccarini, um, some other lesser-known composers, I think, but um, I don't know. Um, the Mozart is definitely the most well-known. Um, there have been some more contemporary composers that have composed pieces, such as um, I did a piece a couple of years ago by Arthur Bliss at, at the um, International Double Reed Society convention here in Provo, actually, at BYU. And uh, there was another one by a uh, British composer. Um, last name is Bax. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty, it's not a very standard instrumentation, but it's, uh, I really enjoy this kind of ensemble. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, about your experience with this work by Mozart. Have you had many opportunities to perform it before? Um, I performed it a few times while I was in college. Um, um, I guess the last time I had done it in school was for my graduate recital, and um, I haven't had an opportunity to play it here in Utah before, but um, it's something I learned at a pretty young age, and it's it's a wonderful piece. It's a very fun piece to play on the oboe. What do you like best about the piece? Um, well, you're, you'll hear in the third movement a little later, there's a couple of sections where the oboe kind of goes off in its own little direction and completely different time signature as opposed to the the 6-8 that the rest of the ensemble is playing. And it's uh, pretty interesting. It's, it doesn't sound like standard um, what you'd expect from Mozart. You, you're the son of a, a naval officer and have lived in a lot of different countries, uh, especially when you were young, uh, Iceland, Spain, Greece, and the U.S., I'm curious, did you enjoy moving around like that? Um, I did at the time. I think my parents were quite stressed out about it. <laughs> but um, I guess as a kid, you're pretty flexible in those situations. And uh, we didn't really have a long-term living situation until we moved to Virginia. And we actually lived there for about uh, most of my high school and junior high, so about six years. And... I remember after I'd lived in Utah for about eight years or so, I just remember thinking, wow, this is the longest I've ever lived <laughs> in one place before. And, uh, well, what would you say is your favorite place that you've lived? Um, I really enjoyed Greece. I mean, my father had a wonderful housing situation there. He shared a large house with another officer um, just a few yards from the Mediterranean and... Um, <laughs> It wasn't in, in the city or anything. It was very rural and just a, incredibly beautiful oh. and um, really wonderful people and food. And I really enjoyed Greece. I would, haven't been back there since I was about 14, so I'm hoping to get there at some point in the future. Do you still travel a lot or are you more of a homebody now? Well, I still like to travel a lot. Um, I've been to South Africa and Argentina the past few years and... Um, I recently adopted a dog a few months ago, and that's probably not going to um, enable me to do quite as much traveling, but that's fine because he's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, they, they are a lot of work, and they do require uh, some attention, don't they? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> now, um, during your career, you've, you've performed in several music festivals and music series, Grand Teton, Park City, Deer Valley, Intermezzo, just to name a few. What do you like about music festivals or series? Um, well, for me, I think it's really kind of a... It sort of brings a certain amount of freshness to being having the opportunity to work with people that you otherwise might not have an opportunity to work with or even meet, and just to uh, play with some diff- new people and with diff- maybe different styles or something, and uh, just to meet some new new people that I haven't worked with before, and. Uh, also, like in the situation of the Grand Teton, it's just a beautiful place to work and make music up there. And it's a real positive environment, and everyone's very supportive. And um, it's a lot of fun, too. So. Okay, well, let's hear the rest of this wonderful Mozart piece, the second and third movements of the oboe quartet. Again, we have James Hall, oboe, Lynette Stewart, violin, Scott Lewis, viola, and John Eckstein, cello.
Mozart's Oboe Quartet, played by James Hall, Oboe, Lynette Stewart, Violin, Scott Lewis, Viola, and John Eckstein, Cello. This is Highway 89, and in just a few minutes, we'll enjoy the Dante Piano Sonata by Franz Liszt, played by Heather Connor. Now, Heather, here in our studio, we have a Model B New York Steinway, and I mentioned that because I came across a note that said you're a Steinway artist, and I wondered what that meant. Um, basically, it's... Uh it's a privilege given to those uh, pianists who own a Steinway in their home and uh, promise to concertize exclusively on Steinways and record exclusively on Steinways. And it does have um, some interesting perks, uh, one of which is if you're performing in a venue that doesn't have a Steinway piano, you can request Steinway to deliver one for you. Um, and also, when I've rehearsed chamber music in New York, it's been convenient because I've been able been able to rehearse at Steinway Hall in New York. So oh, it nice. saves you the expense and the search for a particular venue to rehearse. So that's a nice thing. What kind of piano did you play as a beginner? Um, I had a, uh, um, just, I, I, had, I had, my parents bought me a Steinway when I was 13, but I had a Kohler and Campbell uh-huh. upright when I started, when I was seven. <laughs> did it have any unusual quirks or, or, or things that you really liked about it or no I just always really enjoyed the timbre of the piano uh, I actually asked my parents in kindergarten if I could take lessons and they told me that I should wait until I was seven but I heard a fellow classmate play in kindergarten and I just always really wanted to play you've played pianos in different places in the world and a few years ago you had the opportunity to perform and teach in Seoul Korea mm-hmm. how did that come about uh, I had a Korean high school student who was auditioning for universities and conservatories um, throughout the country, and um, she had been referred to me by a mutual friend in Salt Lake City, and she came to study with me privately, and um, Korean students tend to be very nice and very giving, and and so in addition to giving me lots of nice gifts, she invited me to come to Korea one summer for a few weeks to perform at various universities and conservatories and teach master classes and things like that. So it was it was really a great experience. Oh, yeah, it sounds like uh, a lot of fun. Yes, it was. What did you like best about that experience? Uh, probably the food. Really? <laughs> Korean barbecue and oh, yeah. uh, bibimbap and all kinds of wonderful things that I had never had before uh, in the States. I really enjoyed that. And also, um, I really enjoyed, uh, I, I don't remember the name of the hike now, but there was a hike in the middle of the city um, that overlooked the whole surrounding area. And that was quite beautiful that her mother uh, took me on graciously. So I really enjoyed the, the view from the top of that mountain. This is the 200th anniversary year for Franz Liszt, born 200 years ago. Some people say that he's all flash and no substance. How do you feel about him? Um, Well, he's not my favorite composer, I'll be very frank. Um, But I do think that there is a great deal of substance, particularly in this piece, uh, in the middle section of the work. His lyrical side, I think, is is just as beautiful as any great work of Chopin. Um, I think he really has a knack for lyricism, but he was such a 
fantastic virtuoso pianist himself that I think it was difficult for him to go away from that very flamboyant virtuosic vein. Um, and so that's probably what he's best known for. And um, certainly this piece has a lot of pyrotechnics and a lot of uh, flash. And that's a lot of fun too. I, I really enjoy that. But I, I particularly enjoy the slow middle section of this piece. All right, well, let's hear it. Franz Liszt's Dante's Sonata, inspired by a reading of Dante's Inferno. The pianist is Heather Connor on Highway 89. Thank you. 
Heather Connor playing the Dante Sonata by Franz Liszt. Highway 89 takes you to any number of destinations, every one of them musical and memorable. In this hour, we've heard works by Mozart and Liszt. Our performers are from the Intermezzo Chamber Music Series, James Hall, oboe, Lynette Stewart, violin, Scott Lewis, viola, John Eckstein, cello, and Heather Connor, piano. Sorry I didn't have a chance to speak with all of our guests this hour, hopefully another time. The Intermezzo Chamber Music Series' mission is to keep the art of chamber music alive and thriving in the community. You can learn more at intermezzoconcerts.org. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting. We'd love to hear from you anytime about our program. Contact us at highway89 at byu.edu. I'm Eric Glissmeyer. Thanks for listening.